0: Too noisy for the neighbors? Good. I didn't like him anyway. This is WFSC 88.9, Fighting Scots Radio. Good morning, Burrow. That's right. It's 937 here at 88.9 WFSC, and I am your host, Tubby, and this is the Morning After Sports Show. And uh, so today we have a lot to cover, a lot to go over. Huge weekend in Edinburgh Athletics alongside me. As per usual, is my co-host, Miss Maddie G. Maddie, how are you on this fine Tuesday morning?
1: I am, you know, great. (laughs) You know, just great. You know, just great. You know, great.
0: All right, so for those of you who are missing the show, miss any part of this, we will be joined in the 10 o'clock hour by Tom Weber of Erie Times News uh, to go over some more football. Tom actually made the trek over to Lake Erie College in Painesville, Ohio this Saturday and saw firsthand um, Edinburgh's, um, how do we say, decisive victory, if you will, 69 to nothing over Lake. And, and you know what, What's the most telling thing about that, Maddie, is not so much that they put up 69 points, it's that zero on the other end. So Coach Neely and his defensive squad, uh, you get a big round of applause because that just doesn't happen. I mean, you can be on one of the best defenses ever and never pitch a shutout. And those guys put it together. So congrats to them. But we'll have more on that game later. Also, we're going to get Tom's thoughts on that. But there was plenty of action here at home right here on campus, Maddie. There was. Uh, As you so well know, since you were on the mic for the majority of the coverage for ladies volleyball, they were in action this weekend, played three games here. At Macomb Field House, you want to give us the rundown? Uh, yeah,
1: sure. So there's a tournament here this weekend for volleyball. If you didn't know, um, our women's team took on Lockhaven Friday night and swept them, 3-0. Um, but that didn't. I I said it on air all like the whole night. It wasn't an easy win or loss. It was very very aggressive and very like a really really close matchup. If you look at the scores, um. I think for the matches, the scores were very close to, like, 20 and 25 or 23 and 25. It wasn't, like, 4 and 25. They were very, very close, all three of these games. Um, and then they played Glenville Saturday and Davis and Elkins Saturday, in which they both they won both those as well.
0: Right. In the in the Lockhaven game, uh, Edinburgh took the first set 25 to 19. They took the second set 25 to 23. And the third and final set, they took twenty-five to twenty. Uh, in that game, Sally Sterkel had uh, eleven kills, one ace, and three blocks. Uh, Megan Skreptok had ten kills, one ace, and two blocks. Uh, Sierra Jackson eight kills, two aces, and three blocks. Alisa Eldridge six kills, zero blocks, and zero aces.
1: Yeah, um, Sally Sterkel, who you mentioned. A freshman, um, coming right off the bat, we mentioned it all the time here at Edinburgh, and I know other schools as well. Um, our coaches let they get the freshmen out there to get that experience under their belt. Um, the freshmen of this team this weekend were showing what they've got, and um, it you could definitely tell from their play time that they were ready to be out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the philosophies here. At Edinburgh is to invest early and often, and especially in their freshman players. I mean, it, you're exactly right. The more experience, like Coach Caviaba says, you know, the best thing about freshmen is next year they're sophomores. Of so, all the experience that the freshmen can get, and for, especially to have them come out. And then I'm looking at game two against Davis and Elkins. Again, right at the top of the list, freshman Sally Sterkel again. 15 kills, 0 aces, 4 blocks. Sierra Jackson, 9 kills, 0 aces. Alicia Eldridge, 8 kills, 1 ace and 2 blocks. And Megan Screptalk 7 kills, 1 ace and 2 blocks. And again, that was another that one took 4 uh, to finally put them away as Edinburgh dropped the first game 25 to 18, but then rallied for the next three. Winning those ones 25 to 16, 25-14. And then a squeaker 25 23 for the fourth and final set.
1: Absolutely. Um, very aggressive play this weekend. If this, I said it on air, if you were listening to the broadcast on ETV, <coughs> um, either Friday or Saturday, um, if this tournament has any indication on how volleyball play is going to be this season, um, I was already excited, but now I'm over the top overexcited.
0: Because, I mean, the PSAC, again, is in is one of those tough conferences to begin with. So, you know, to come out and have a statement wins like these at home, you know, is is really exciting and really th- especially against a... Now, I didn't count for conference play, but we did play a conference opponent in Lockhaven. So that will do well going forward. And again, you know... No, wait, this is the same game. That's not what I wanted. I was trying to find the, the box score for the Glenville State. Let's see if I can get it on this one. If my computer decides to work with me. I don't think it's gonna, no, it's not. All right. Um, maybe I just have to, maybe it's a tab thing because they're on the same story. I know, it's technology, folks. I will get it figured out. Okay, here we go. Now, now we're all better. Now Tubby's the happy camper. All right, so Running down through the list of standouts, again, Megan Screptock, 13 kills, three aces in this game against Glenville State. Sally Sterkel again, the freshman, nine kills, zero aces, two blocks. Hannah Cantrell, seven kills, two blocks, zero aces. Sierra Jackson, six kills, one ace, one block. So, again, really on top of things. Again, Edinburgh won this one in straight sets. First one, 25-20, Second game, 25-21, and the third and final set, 25-12. to I think at that point they pretty much had Glenville run down and Glenville was thinking about the bus.
1: You know, Tubby, um, I think at, towards the end there, Edinburgh just got on a run and couldn't be stopped. I think that's what happened rather than Glenville was – They were just kind of stopped. They didn't. They kept going. Everybody was playing very aggressively the entire tournament. Um, I think just at the very end there, Edinburgh was on that run. And once they get on that run, they're they're unstoppable at that point.
0: So this weekend, the ladies are poised to take off again. They'll be in Manchester, New Hampshire, as their first game will be Friday at 4 p.m. They'll take on St. Anselm College. And then on Saturday at noon, they'll take on Mercy College. And for their final game, they'll take on Pace University. Then they'll bring it all back home. Uh, Well, not back home, but they bring it back into the state of PA as they start conference play as they'll take on Millersville University Friday, September 14th at Millersville. So one more warm-up, tune-up tournament, if you will, and then the ladies will get into conference play starting next week. Hopefully, we're going to try to coordinate. We will have a volleyball player and or coach in with us Thursday as we move forward here on the morning after on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. Thursday's going to be kind of like our our preview and interview show, Maddie.
1: I think that's what it's turning out to be.
0: I think that's what we'll do. So, we'll preview football, the football game of the week. We'll talk about that. We'll also run down, we'll go through our NFL picks because we'll have our NFL pick them league. Um, so we can go through all of our picks. And maybe we'll have our guests kind of run through the picks with us, Maddie. Okay. Because it's just for fun. There's no money on the line, so don't think that we're gambling. It's free to enter. It's on ESPN. The links are up on our social media page. If you check out the morning after doc, or uh, yeah, I'm sorry, facebook.com backslash the morning after sports show. You'll see the link right there pinned. And also, check out the Facebook page for exclusive interviews and videos. As uh, this Thursday, I'll also go interview, I'll have an interview with new head wrestling coach Matt Hill. And assistant coach, Coach De Palma. So, you'll want to check those out as well. Those will be posted on Thursday. And if you missed any part of the show, you can check out edinburghnow.com. Your source for everything campus media. You'll see the stories up from The Spectator. You'll see content generated by ETV, all of their videos, as well as streaming our show. You can't take us with us if you have to get out of your car because it's 9.47 and you're late for a class. Don't worry about it. We're on the TuneIn app. You can catch us there as well as well as streaming through EdinburghNow.com. Okay, so that's volleyball. That's volleyball. That's volleyball. Then we had soccer.
1: <clears throat> we did have some soccer. We mentioned Coach Coggy, obviously, quote that we famously... All the time here.
0: Um, they started. They started off last Wednesday. Actually, uh, no, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night, because it was yeah. after the show. I keep because they normally play on Wednesday, so Tubby gets a little confused. Thursday, I'm old.
1: they went away. They to went.
0: They went over to Notre Dame College.
1: Yes, and I remember I was reading the updates because I was not at Notre Dame College, um, but I was reading updates. And it wasn't until the very end, I believe, that Edinburgh, was it Danielle Chatton, mm-hmm. that got that goal for Edinburgh. Um, the score had sat 0-0 for the longest time, and then Danielle Chatton slipped a goal in there, um, got Edinburgh the first point, ending the total game score 1-0, Edinburgh winning. Um, but something else that you have to look at a 1-0 and scoring game is that means there was a shutout. Edinburgh freshman goalie, her first collegiate game, shut out the other team. No goals went by her.
0: Yep. She says freshman Anna Volker picked up her first career win and shut out. She faced nine shots with six of those on goal. Um, How it happened, It's this according to GoFightingScots.com. Both teams had opportunities to score throughout the first 20 minutes. However, Edinburgh would go into halftime with a 16-3 advantage in shots, including a 6-2 lead in shots on goal. The Fighting Scots took control of the match in the 54th minute, which is close to the end of the game. Uh, junior Danielle Chatton connected on a pass from Rebecca Manns at 53:02 2 and a long goal in game. Notre Dame doubled their shots in total on the second half of six, but were called offsides on six occasions in the frame. See, again, that goes to – we kind of previewed the soccer team, and we talked a little bit about this uh, Tuesday and Thursday about our soccer team, and their offense is so strong, and they they pretty much cut the field in half where the opposing team really doesn't have a chance to get the ball back into uh, Edinburgh's side of the field to even take a shot, you know, much less get a pass through.
1: Even if they did do get it to the end of the field. <coughs> Edinburgh's defense is just as strong and can get it out of there as quickly as they need to.
0: So that was the game against Notre Dame. Then they brought it on home for Saturday. This contest began at 2 o'clock in the afternoon as they took on Shippensburg, um, another a PSAC East opponent. Uh, and they ended up losing this one 4-2. to two, Um... It was kind of a, a back-and-forth game. Uh, Shippensburg got up early, and uh, Edinburgh just couldn't come back. I'm trying to... Uh... Okay. Um, so, and, uh, this according to com, The Edinburgh women's soccer team saw its four-game winning streak over Shippensburg snapped on Saturday afternoon following a 4-2 loss at Sox-Harrison Stadium. The Fighting Scots had not lost in a home opener since 2014. Since I was a freshman here, Maddie. I know.
1: I was still in high school. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, I'm old and I'm taking forever to graduate. It's what happens. Um, So Shiversburg scored its first two goals off of corner kicks. The Raiders got on the board in the 20th minute when KK O'Donnell connected with Izzy Weigel, who drilled the shot for a 1-0 lead. Um... Edinburgh got on the board early in the second half as Ellie Freina beat Shippensburg goalkeeper Delaney Shifflett, uh for her first goal in a season of pass from Jenna Debris uh, in the 51st minute. And then uh, Cameron Bujanowski scored her first goal of the campaign in the 88th minute following a Shippensburg foul. She scored a shot in the back of the net from 25 yards out. So, again, good effort. Uh, by the ladies here at home. They look to get back to their winning ways here this Wednesday, as I believe they will be at home. Yep, their opponent will be Uptown rival Gannon. So Gannon comes down all the way from Erie. I know it's so far away. But Gannon comes down, um, and they will play at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. I believe we're going to try to broadcast that game here on WFSC. I believe so. It's just a matter of personnel and logistics at this point. And then Saturday, the ladies will travel to Lockhaven University to take on Lockhaven. That game slated to start at 1 p.m. So good luck to the ladies. Now, Gannon Gannon and Burrow have a little bit of a history, just a wee bit. They kind of struggled a little bit, and it was kind of like back and forth. And then when it came playoff time, Burrow drew Gannon in the first round of the playoffs and shocked Gannon and kind of, like, put them out of the tournament. So there's a little bit of bad blood between these two teams. A little bit of a rivalry. Not so much as that school down south, but still. And by that school down south, I mean Slippery Rock. Yes, I know, folks, that are living rent-free in my head, but what can I say? You know, it's our rivals. It's what I think about. I focus on those games.
1: You know, Tubby. um... On uh, a couple days ago, I was scrolling through Twitter. Uh huh. And I found, I came across this tweet. Oh, Lord. Um, and I'm a very big, if you don't follow either Tubby or, us, Tubby or I on Twitter, go ahead. We tweet some good things. You should. That's funny. I'm a good, I'm very for uh, tweeting positive things, you know? Yes. So I saw this very, very positive tweet come from alumni Jamin Mason. Okay. He, if you do not know, holds the record for most points. Yes. On the Edinburgh basketball team. Yep. Uh, beating, that, beating his father's record, who previous held, previously held the title mm-hmm. um, last spring. And uh, he finished out a season and his athletic career and academic career here last spring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Graduated, you know. Yep. Tweeted this the other day. Hear me out. <laughs> he said... Got a lot of emotion right now but hard work really pay off been wanting to be a pro hooper my whole life and my dream is really coming true i would like to say i'll be playing professionally in canada beyond blessed and appreciate y'all in my corner i was very happy to see that tubby if y'all don't know um i followed with alongside the lovely dakota palmer um all basketball last spring we went with the men's team to East Strasburg to the final four playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, encountered that twenty nine hour bus ride um,
0: through the snow and the hail, snow and, and
1: the hail, and the Perkins trip and the whole thing. Um, so I saw that tweet, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I got a little teary eyed. Um, I'm very proud of uh, Jamin and the other uh, teammates of his that are off doing big and big and great things here yep. um, after Edinburgh um I know it's gotten a lot of likes and retweets at this point so a lot of people know already but we want to talk about it a little bit here
0: yeah and he's one of these guys you know I, I he's a great guy um and for for this to actually come to fruition for him I'm really happy for him I thought he was going to end up maybe playing in Spain you know following the footsteps of other Edinburgh alums um however to get a contract in Canada that's that's sweet. That's sweetness. I mean, that's like just across the border here. Um, Basketball is getting really big over there as well. So, I mean, kudos to him. Couldn't have in my opinion, could not happen to a better guy. Could not. You know, General McLean, gla- graduate, Edinburgh graduate, hometown kid. Very, very proud of him, and I wish him all the best of success. Perhaps we can get a hold of him. Maybe we'll have him in on, for an interview before his season gets started, and we'll see what that entails and how we can follow his career further. Because I know we kind of catch, um, with Kiehl's, uh, we kind of catch clips of stuff he sends us uh, from Spain and stuff, and I have to get a translator to translate it and stuff, and it's funny. But So perhaps I'll we'll have to learn a little bit of French because you know, I don't know if he's playing in French, Canada. You like that? Canada. But anyway, <laughs> in Canada. But they, they do... Some of Canada speaks French, so it's kind of back and forth. So I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll get in touch with him. But it's 9.56 here at 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. You're listening to The Morning After. Let's go ahead and take a break for right now. When we come back, hopefully we'll have uh, Mr. Tom Horizon Weber call in from Erie Times News. He'll be on the line. And we'll break down some... High school football for you, some big matchups. Because there was some big stuff that went down, and it's early in the season. It's only week three. Well, this week now is week three, but it was only week two. And there were some big matchups that I need to talk to, to Mr. Ryzen Weber about. So we'll get into that. Also, we'll get his thoughts on Edinburgh football since he made the trip over to Lake Erie College. So you don't want to miss any of that right here on The Morning After. Alrighty, and we're back here on... 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. So, do 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 do. Yeah, so we mentioned uh, we're going to be joined here shortly by Mr. Rise Rabin. Rising Weber, sorry. I'm trying to do two things at once, and apparently my old head just can't comprehend it right now. Uh, to go over some of the matchups here locally, uh, not only in high school. Uh, but also some uh, Edinburgh stuff as well. Um, There's a lot of good matchups. And some, well, to me, they were surprises. Maybe they weren't um, so much a surprise to Mr. Reisenweber, but to me, they were a little bit of a shock. I couldn't believe it when I seen it. Oh, okay, maybe he's already on air. Okay, that's why. Probably, because he already called in. Are you with us there, Tom? Can you, wait. Are you with us there, Tom? Hey,
2: there yeah,
0: you yeah, yeah. Okay, there we are. All right. I, I didn't hear the phone call. I must have been out of the office when you had actually called. I didn't hear the phone ring, so I didn't know you were actually on the line waiting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no problem.
0: All righty. So uh, Tom joins us here from the Erie Times News, uh, responsible for uh, highschoolsports.goerie.com. Uh, to follow all of your local high school action. There's a couple games I-, I wanted to mention to you, Tom, the MASH versus Cash game. Cash ended up winning that one 48-6. Was was that kind of a shocker to you?
2: I mean, not, not really. Uh, only because um, Meadville lost so much to graduation. Um, they lost 16-22 and 22 starters, and uh, I know they had some injuries. Um, before the game, and they had an injury in the first quarter. So, uh, you know, it's gonna be. it might be a long year for me, though. Um, obviously, Jonte Brown, who is uh, Jeremy Brown's cousin, is a talented player. But um, they have some injuries, got to worry about a lot of inexperience. And uh, Conneaut's pretty good. Um, I, the problem with Conneaut is <laughs> moving down to 3A might have been uh, the worst thing for them instead of staying in 5A. You got know, 5A is a very winnable class this year. Uh, with only five teams and no one's really that strong except maybe Oil City and Warren uh, whereas 3A is just brutal with Sharon and Hickory and Mercer's Prep and Grove City. So uh, you know, Kanye, they could be for a pretty decent year. It just may not last that long because of how talented 3A is, but um, Kyle Sheets, their quarterback's pretty good. Uh, Peyton Hart at running back, and uh, you know, they're really tough to beat at home. So I, you know, it was a little surprising they won by you know 40 points, but uh, you know it was uh, you know Conneaut's going to be pretty good this year. So it was it was like it was a good game for them, you know, especially because Meadville has just beaten them up so bad over the years that it's nice to have uh, Conneaut kind of return the favor once.
0: Right, because that that's their their true rivalry game, if you will. That's kind of their backyard brawl. I was a. Surprised to see that that game was scheduled so early in the season. Normally, I thought it was like on towards the end of September, if not end of October, before those two teams face. And then when I saw the scores come across, um, as I was standing on the field down there in Titusville, I saw the score coming across, and I was like, "Holy jeez and crackers!" I couldn't believe it.
2: Yeah, you know the whole uh, schedule is just totally screwed up this year, and will be next year as well with this eighteen or eight region uh, nonsense. Now, <laughs> you think about it. Yeah, you know, there's 40 teams in D10, so um, 20% of them will win a region title, and that doesn't count if there's any ties. There'll be more region champions. So, yeah, this whole uh, eight, eight regions, all of a sudden there's tons of uh, non-region games, and uh, you've know, you have, got you have three or four-team schedules for region games, so it's all kind of screwed up now.
0: Right. I- I'm looking over the, the schedule here and just going over some of the games uh local school here, General McClain, big winners over Dubois, forty one to nothing. Um Erie, the Royals going down what losing fifteen to eight to Austintown Fitch. Isn't that is that the uh, Ohio school or
2: Yeah, that's it's that's out of outside right outside of uh, Youngstown. and they're pretty good. Um normally uh you know I think Erie High should've probably won that game. Uh I was talking to Coach Matt about it and and they had a couple touchdowns called back, and uh, they fumbled in uh, Fitch territory. So that's a nice little test for them because uh, Ohio teams are always pretty good, and, and Fitch is traditionally a pretty strong team. And I uh, guess that's a nice road trip for them to kind of learn uh, from themselves. But that's two straight tough road trips for uh, Erie High to start the season.
0: Yikes. I, I just – you know, I almost feel bad for them because they're in that conference. They're almost all alone up there. You know, they don't have that whole much co- – a whole lot of competition within driving distance and they have to go so far out just to find uh any competition it's i don't know it's, it's almost unfair to a point i guess
2: yeah it's, it's brutal because you know like you said with them mcdowell and prep they're in a three-team region and it's funny because I, I think that region was formed mostly out of necessity with prep mcdowell uh, prep you know obviously wants more non-reaching games schedule, McDowell's kind of the same way. They like go and play teams around different areas. And Erie, since they're 6A, got kind of roped into that. And I don't think D10 really asked them if they wanted to. So um, in these, none of the teams will play Erie because they're so talented and they're big. So, you know, they can't play a McLean or a LeBoff or things like that. So they have to go and find eight tough teams every year. And so this guy, the records for Erie and McDowell, and even Prep might be a little deceiving because they're going to Buffalo and Ohio and Pittsburgh to play these teams every week now until they play each other. So it's going to be a rough all year.
0: Right. Speaking of LaBeouf, they ended up winning 59-38 to over Warren. So that's a good score for them. And another shocker for me is Oil City, 73-7 to over Franklin down in Crawford County there, or Venango County.
2: Yeah, I can't believe, you know, I, I think they, they, I have a winning, I just can't believe they beat Franklin that bad. You know, Franklin's got a you know, kind of high-powered offense with uh, the quarterback Ian Hames, and uh, Oil City just took it to them. Now, it, you know, Oil City's a pretty good team. Christian Cole is, you know, maybe a candidate for player of the year. Um, he's got 10, ten touchdowns already. And he's more of a threat on defense, that linebacker. But, man, I can't believe how much they took it to him. Um, I think they ran for something absurd, like almost 600 yards as a team. So, uh, that, that was really surprising to see that score. Um, you know, obviously, I think it wasn't a win, but that was just uh, you know, taking him out to the woodshed. I just couldn't believe that.
0: Just unbelievable. And then, uh, you know, I've been kind of skirting around it and whether or not I want to talk about it, but Northeast, 55 over my Titusville Rockets, where they only managed to score 21. I tell you what, Northeast, I, I was surprised. I thought, you know, when they came out on the field and I watched them warm up and I watched them get ready, and I was like, okay, I think Titusville has this, just simply in size alone. But Northeast, I got to hand it to them, Tom. They're a scrappy little bunch.
2: Yeah, they play, uh, you know, kind of a you know hard-nosed, grind-out football out there. And... uh it's funny, with Alex Furmanek, you don't really know where he should be playing. Um, you know, is he a tight end? Is he a quarterback? Is he a running back? Basically, just got to get the ball in his hands somewhere on the field. Uh, he, and he already has a, a, an offer for a walk on position at Toledo. Um, but really, no other offers. I actually mentioned that to a couple of college coaches around here. They may need to look at this kid, um, including Enborough. So, We'll see where he ends up going next year, but you know, with him there, and you added uh, Brock Kahn, who uh, came back to Northeast last year or this, in, the, in the off season from Cathedral Prep, and they have some uh, some playmakers on that team that are pretty good. Uh, it's just I don't know how much help they have when they go up against you know the powerhouse teams in Mercer County. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, you know, Alex Burpnek is uh, a playmaker.
0: Yeah, he's definitely he's he's a player. I, you know, just he passes the eyeball test. I mean, I mean, you look at the kid and you're like, yep, he's a football player. I mean, he's a big, strong, athletic kid, all over the field. Uh, my only, I guess, if if I really wanted to knock him, but my only question mark would, would just be endurance, simply because uh, you know, northeast like like a lot of teams here in Northwest Pennsylvania, they play Ironman, so they're playing both sides of the ball. And I think if he finally gets onto a squad where he can just be, like, a position and just play one side or the other, be it defense or offense, I think he'll be fine and, and you know, and he'll really uh, give some production for people. But he, you know, I, I mean, Tyswell gave their best efforts. They just couldn't, um, that run game that they rely on so much, they just could not uh, really get it going uh, with Parker Harvey. Um, they had a couple nice receptions. uh De Palma looked really good. Landon De Palma um looked really good. Who if if you ever see him, it's kinda of, you just know when you look at him, he's got the biggest heart on the field. He may not be the tallest player out there, but the kid plays like three times the size. He's got the heart of a lion. But uh yeah, so I don't know. we'll look for a little bit of redemption here as uh Tyson plays again at home this Friday.
2: Yeah, that's a tough thing. It's like uh You know, you start off a new era of um, coaching um, and a new, you know, season against Sagertown, and you're like, "Oh, here we go! This is awesome." You've got to go to Sagertown; it's not very good, but that was a great start. Even you know, even one one is a pretty good start for Titusville and uh, builds some momentum going into next week. And you know, just kind of have to put the Northeast game behind uh, the team and just uh, move on.
0: So, what are you looking up for for matchups, high school wise, going into this Friday Night Lights?
2: Well, I think that the big one, at least up here, is Mercer's Prep hosting Hickory. Uh, this is a rematch from last year's playoffs when uh, Mercer's Prep won twenty-eight to ten at McDowell, and it ended Hickory's streak of six straight D10 championship uh, championships. So it's going to be uh, very interesting to see uh, how much fire Hickory has. Yeah, they're zero and two for the first time. In I don't know how long. Um, obviously, they lost two pretty tough games. Uh, I believe uh, it's Wilmington and um, Sharon. So they, uh, I'm not, not Wilmington, but different game like that, but they, uh, they're they 0 2, which you never ever see with Hickory. And Mercy um, scraps 2 0. I don't know how much they've actually been challenged uh, these first two weeks. Uh, they were shutting out Corey this past week until they allowed a, a late touchdown at the end of the game. So. Um, you know, I think this will give us an indication of how good Mercer's prep is. 3A, they have a chance to maybe win a D10 title, but uh, that could be a great game. I believe it's at, at Mercer's, or maybe in Red Stadium. So uh, that should be a pretty good game. And, you know, the other one I'm looking forward to is Harbor Creek and Clory. Or not Harbor Creek, Clory, Harbor Creek and Fort LaBeouf. Um, you know, that could be a very interesting matchup. Um, Harbor Creek's been rolling these first couple weeks. Um, uh, they're 2 and 0 with. Uh, well, uh, wins over I- Iroquois and Seneca and um, Fort LaBeouf obviously uh, came back and scored 59 points this past week which is uh, believed to be the third most points in, in their school history for one game so uh, I think that's going to be a great game. Last year it was 3 nothing on a late field goal by LaBeouf uh, so that was uh, kind of a classic without scoring and uh, I think it's going to be different this year Um, I think there's going to be a lot more points scored, so uh, that's going to be a really intriguing matchup on Friday.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun, and again, if you're not following them, you need to, uh, go ahead and give them your your Twitter handle there, Tom, so they can follow you on Friday to keep track of all these scores.
2: Yeah, ETN Rising Weber. I usually tweet out uh, all the updates, and also post them to our live blog on High School Sports uh, Go areacom and uh, it's a lot of fun just uh, talking about uh, sports you know you know guys can let you, you know, listen to the radio this and that but uh, the live blog people come on and talk and you know promote their kids and their teams and uh, really discuss what's going on so it, it's a lot of fun every Friday just a, little, a little stressful this past week we had 22 games and tons of scoring there was updates coming left and right so it was really hard to keep up with but it's a lot of fun every Friday
0: yeah I know it was it was exciting for me just to kind of uh be there I, uh, you know, I got that experience. Of, you know, being at home, uh, on our home field there at Carter Field uh, in Tysville, watching the Rockets play, and then you know, getting to help out a little bit. I was, I know, I was tweeting out updates, and you retweeted me, which was, you know, a lot of fun. I picked up a lot of followers by doing that, by the way. Thanks so much. <laughs> and uh, you bet. so, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. And it's kind of neat because I'm standing there with the other um, one of the other coaches, uh, the junior, one of the junior high or middle school. Football coaches were there taking, he was t- keeping track of all the tackles and stuff. And I was standing there with one of the other dads as well, and I was giving him scores from around the league and around the conferences and stuff. And they're were, they're were amazed. They're like, "How are you keeping up with this?" I was like, "Oh, I follow Tom." And they're like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." So, <laughs> so, uh, but I did want to talk about we're we're here on the morning after talking with Tom Reizenweber. Tom, you got a chance to go over to Lake Erie College this past Saturday. Braved the heat. Was on the sidelines for Edinburgh versus Lake Erie College. What was your impressions of the game, sir?
2: Well, you know, I was really impressed with how sharp Edinburgh was for the first game of the year. Um, obviously, you know, you kind of expect a lot of, um, you know, maybe some, some mistakes, penalties, some turnovers because of the first game. But Edinburgh great. Um, the defense was uh, incredible. Um, they, they, did, they just completely shut down Lake Erie. I think Lake Erie averaged maybe a yard and a half per play, which is really unheard of in college. Uh, I'm still waiting for the NCAA to update their games from Saturday. They have all their stats through Friday. And i got to believe Edinburgh is right now in the top ten of the country in yards allowed. Um, uh, I've only seen one team with fewer yards allowed so far, I think it was Westchester. So um, it was just great to watch defense just totally dominate, including a goal line stand at the end of the first half. And it was, it was not your average goal line stand. They, there were so many penalties and whistles and timeouts. And it really took, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes for, you know, the goal line stand. They, and they start them every time. And, uh, you know, Andrew Tomko of Sharon was great quarterback. It was kind of interesting that, yeah uh, he was kind of just kind of going through the motions a little bit, the, that first drive and part of the second drive. And they uh the kid from Lake Erie late hit him a couple steps out of bounds and that really fired up uh Enborough. They all of a sudden the uh whole team kinda of rallied around him. They you know, see, people had to be separated and uh Enbro scored on the next five drives to kinda of put that game away. So, um, he looks pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously he needs to work on his accuracy a little more, but really he's had all his his job is to get the ball in the guys' hands and uh, we saw a short slant route to Thomas Gregory that went for almost 60 yards for a touchdown. Um, he threw a bomb to Gregory. Uh, that was 60 yards for a touchdown on a broken play, uh, basically, or free play, basically, where a guy jumped for Lake Erie, and instead of just throwing the ball away, Tom Co just launched it because he knew he had a free play and being a touchdown. So, you know, obviously Walter Fletcher's kind of a big year, had a couple touchdown runs, um, but having Tom Co's passing threat... Is huge for them to kind of balance it out and keep defense honest. And, you know, they have so many playmakers with him and James Clark and a couple other guys that, um, really the end for office could be pretty impressive. So, I, you know, I, yeah, I know it's early. I just can't wait till they play teams like IEP and, uh, Cal and, uh, Slippery Rock and see where they stand in the PTAC West.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for that as well. I was looking over, uh, you were talking. About the stats, I'm looking here at GoFightingScots.com and has the final results. Lake Erie only amassed eleven, one 11 rushing yards and ninety three passing yards for a total of a hundred and four total offensive yards.
2: Yeah, which is just incredible. Um, I, I I've yeah. never
0: seen I've never seen something like that.
2: Yeah, I, I you know it, it's not like they ran thirty some plays. They ran over sixty plays, so it's just. Uh, it's incredible how many uh, times they shut them down and uh, you know, the defense just came up big time and time again. Just you know even just to throw a shutout uh, for a college football team is pretty incredible.
0: yeah, so I, i'm I'm with you, I'm pretty excited. I think going if I look forward going here into next Saturday, uh, the fellas are on the road at Bloomsburg, that should be a good test. Um, Bloomsburg won their game. Uh, Saturday as well. Um, if I look at the PSAC here, um, let's see. Edinburgh's 1-0 because they won their game. IUP's 1-0. And Slippery Rock is 1-0. Everybody else from the PSAC West lost. That's Cal, Clarion, Gannon, Mercyhurst, and Seton Hill.
2: Yeah, and I'm a little salty about PSAC right now with uh, the, the, play, the offensive player of the week was a receiver from IUP. He had three touchdown catches, but like I think it was like six catches for like sixty some yards and three touchdowns. I think Tomco's game where he runs for three hundred and thirty one yards, three touchdowns and runs for one is more impressive. And I uh, we're gonna see that with the NCAA finally update their stats from Saturday, that he's probably in the top ten in the country right now with passing yards. So just a great game for Tomco.
0: Yeah, I I am really excited for for what he can do and I I could tell you this, the PSAC conference headquartered over there in Lock Haven they can they can expect a strongly worded email from me. <laughs> that that's that that'll fix them right Tom.
2: Exactly that. to <laughs> get out there and uh, tell, them, uh, tell them what's up because I just don't understand how he's not the player of the week but that's just me.
0: Yeah, I I have no idea either. I uh and, and the, the per, like, uh, IUP, because I was just kind of shocked that IUP lost, or not, not IUP, but Cal lost, and they lost to, uh, Old Dominican. And that score was 28 23.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, um, these non conference games, um, how they all kind of shake out with, uh, you know, obviously you got some crossovers coming up here. Um, but he's, I think Gannon's got to go to Westchester or stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, these, uh, these non-conference games are always kind of interesting to see where teams stand, and really uh, it could affect, you know, what what happens with NCAA tournament, even uh, though we haven't gotten the conference play yet.
0: Right, because we get one automatic bid for winning the PSAC, but then after that you're kind of on your own, and you have to have the highest, uh, your your record has to be higher than all the other uh Automatic bids, and I think they get automatic bids out to, I want to say sixth, and then seventh is like the last chicken over the fence, and that's all they take from our region, if I remember correctly. Exactly. So. I
2: think, so. I think that's correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I mean, normally it's, normally it's whoever wins the p and whoever took second in the p West, because it's usually it's usually Cal and IUP that end up going, because usually Cal's like. Nine and one, or something, or eight and one, and and you know the other team is like right behind them with like only two losses or whatever. Because I remember the one year Edinburgh was close, but they got knocked out due to an automatic bid from some. I think it was the GAC conference, the Greater Eastern whatever or something or other conference. I don't know I yeah, can't remember because I was it, so upset. <laughs> yeah, it
2: was it was nonsense. I think the year Lustig was here, they definitely should have been the tournament because that, that was nonsense. I think. Uh, and yeah, one of the better teams around, and actually got their chance. Yeah,
0: but oh well, something for them to work forward to this year. So, Tom, I appreciate you. Uh, you'll be on the on the podcast. We'll tweet out the link for that. So if you missed any of our conversation here with uh, Tom Reisenweber of Erie Times News and Go Varsity, uh, you can check out um, all of his stuff on GoErie.com. Also, for a rundown of the sport of the high school sports. Check out highschoolsports.goerie.com. Tom, I appreciate you, and uh, I'll talk to you probably some point during Twitter here throughout the week and uh, <laughs> talk to you on Tuesday.
2: All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for all the help. I uh, really appreciate
0: it. All right, thank you, sir. That was Tom Weisenweber of Erie Times News right here on 88.9 WFSE, part of our Tuesdays with Tom weekly segment here on The Morning After. We'll go ahead and take another break. It's 10:23 right here at 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. You're listening to The Morning After. And we're back right here on The Morning After on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. I am your host Tubby alongside me as always is my co-host Miss Maddie G. Hello, hello. So, listening to the game on Saturday because I know you're busy calling volleyball, but I know you are also checking in on the fellas. In.
1: I was. I was updating on scores. And let me tell you, Tubby, the first time I went to go update on scores, because we had both the soccer game and the football game going on, checked on soccer. I, think, I believe at that point it was 2-1 to one or something like that, maybe 3-1. to one. And then I hopped on over to football, 35-0. to zero, and At I was the like half. At the half. And I at was the like, half. Well, okay. Um, so I'm reading through the stats as I'm taking a little break from volleyball in between games, I believe. And uh, we went back into volleyball, and I was like, okay, well, 35-0, that's pretty good. We're at the half, though, so you know, a lot can happen in a half of a game. So I'm going, I'm calling volleyball, and I'm updating on the final, I went to go update on the final score for football, and I said 69-0. And I kind of refreshed the page a couple of times. I was like, is that right? Um, and it was. It was indeed correct.
0: Yeah, I was shocked. I was back here running the board for the fellas. Uh, Chris and Luke did an excellent job on the call, taking the bus ride over to Painesville, Ohio, back over to my neck of the woods, my old stomping grounds, if you will, over there close to the Mecca that is Cleveland. But anywho, I digress. Uh, yeah, overall, uh, I thought to be, if, if I'm going to be honest with myself and not be a complete Edinburgh homer, I felt the offense at first coming out the gate was a little bit sluggish. Um, I didn't think they were they were all exactly on the same page. And as Tom uh, alluded to it in the previous break when we were talking to him, it, it almost kind of took like that extra hit by Tomko, kind of like getting punched in the mouth. He didn't get punched in the mouth. But just saying that the team kind of took a punch in the mouth by him with that late hit getting knocked out of bounds, that it kind of woke him up a little bit like, oh, okay, You want to play? Well, check this out. Here we come. And after that, like the floodgates just opened, and it was just score, score. And while we're at it, let's score some more. In fact, we'll run those down for you real quick. According to Go Fighting Scots, uh, looking at the recap here, first quarter was 749 left to play. Walter Fletcher on a 13-yard run. So Mr. Fresh Fletch. Getting it done again, 13 yards out. Then freshman Jake Hollywood Monroe makes his first ever collegiate PAT to make it a 7-0 score. And then just a mere three minutes later at, at the 423 mark, Tanaz Gregory catches a 60-yard pass from Andrew Tomko. And, of course, again, Jake Hollywood Monroe, good for the PAT. Makes it 14 nothing. Then in the second quarter, at just after it started, Walter Fletcher, two-yard run, just banging it in there. And then, of course, Jake Hollywood Monroe again on to kick, and it's good for 21. And Then at the 11-17 mark, again, to Tanaz Gregory on a 57-yard pass. I believe that was the free play where um, the uh, Lake Erie Storm player had jumped off sides. And on a smart run, like, most everybody had given up on the play. Like, the defenders didn't come at the offensive line. Offensive line stood up and blocked. And smartly, Tanaz Gregory just takes off. And it's a track meet trying to catch him. And uh, Tomko throws an excellent ball, just lobs it right in there for another touchdown. Making the score, 28-0. And then Kyle Gaelic gets into the action. Uh, he comes in. He's kind of spells Walter Fletcher off and on. He's the number two running back on the squad, but is definitely no slouch and has some wheels of his own. Uh, makes a 13-yard run, and again, Jake uh, Monroe. You know what? I haven't decided. It's either going to be Jake Hollywood, Monroe, or maybe Jake just Jake Money Monroe. Maybe that ought to be. Maybe that ought to be a Twitter poll we'll put that out there for cuz i i'm sorry i love there's two things in football i love the most that's big guys and kickers why because kickers lives matter dang it they do it's an under it's a it's an underestimated and under-touted ability to be a kicker so that's what i'll do i'll put it up on twitter
1: maybe maybe we can have jake on here on a thursday maybe and he'll give his input on what he likes
0: maybe we'll see we'll put it out there I'm. I'm gonna put it on Twitter. I'll tag football in it, and they'll make sure he sees it. Cause I gotta. I gotta give the kid a nickname. Cause it was Austin Automatic Reese before him. So maybe it'll. Maybe it'll be Jake Money Monroe. Kind of like what Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. And then in the third quarter, uh, the scoring ways continue as Andrew, as Andrew Tomko decides to take this one on himself with a 32-yard run. Says the heck with it. I'll get it in there myself. Makes it 42-0 in the third. And then uh, DeAndre Dowdle with a 23-yard fumble recovery. That was excellent as well. Brings the score up to 49-0. And then with 22 seconds left in the third, James Clark on a two-yard pass from Andrew Tomko. And then in the fourth quarter, Kyle Carrington with an eight-yard pass from Jared Keller. Uh, to make it 63 nothing, And then Kyle Sims on a two-yard run. And then finally, Jake Money Monroe misses the extra point to keep it at 69. And the question all of Twitter is wondering, did he miss it on purpose just to keep it at 69, to keep it cute? Do you think? Nah, he probably wanted to put points on the board. Maybe it was a stiff breeze kind of came through, shocked him. <coughs> but yeah, so outstanding effort. Again, Andrew Tomko, 14 completions, three touchdowns, uh, 311 yards. Uh, Jared Keller, six completions, one touchdown for 45 yards. So, again, you know, and just suffocating, stifling defense out of this defense again. And, again, you know what? It was a no-fly zone again as – Zerl Hendrick and the fellas got it done uh, in, the, in the backfield, just covering everything. They could not throw. Like, Lake Erie could not throw, was afraid to throw. And then when they tried to run, they just ended up running, in, you know, into the meat grinder that is the front seven of this defense. So there's just nowhere to go. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Kind of reminds me of that oldie song. Nowhere to go, to, baby. No way to run. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay. You're just like, Tubby, stop singing. It's Tuesday and it's too early for that. Okay. Got it. Check. Moving on. So hopefully we'll have somebody in um, as well from the football team on Thursday as we move to our Thursday uh, interview and Pick'em Show. So that'll be fun. So, I guess we'll go ahead and take, like, one more break here before we bring it back for final thoughts. As we get into, it's finally week one of the NFL. The games matter. Gosh dang darn it. The games finally matter. It's week one. And for me, Maddie, it's hate week.
1: Right off the bat?
0: Right off the bat because I got them dreaded Steelers coming into Pittsburgh. or I'm sorry, coming into into Cleveland. Cleveland. Right, because I'm going to the game. Coming into Cleveland to face my brownies, my new look, Stripes Freshly Earned Brownies. That'll be, I'll, I'll talk about that game coming up as well. But we'll take a break first, right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. You're listening to The Morning After. I am your host, Tubby. Alongside me, as per usual, Miss Matty G.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Okay, so I was going to get into a little bit of a game preview, but I have to get... Okay, so some of this stuff is just funny. All right? So I'm going to get into this, and I'm going to take the light side of it, all right? So Colin Kaepernick, right, was announced the face of the Just Do It campaign. Um, Sometimes you have to sacrifice everything just to stand for something. Something along those lines is the tagline. I don't know, because they're not sponsoring the show, so I don't have to say it correctly. Um... But anyway, so now all these people are protesting, right? And they're, they're cutting, like, the Nike logos off of their stuff because they felt that, okay, for the hundredth time, we're going to get into it, um, that Colin Kaepernick's kneeling during the national anthem was disrespectful to the veterans somehow. I, like, I'm a veteran, and I, I don't see it that way. I know some of my veteran brethren and sister-in do. They, they're they offended by it, and that's okay. Um, I I personally, I am not, you know, I, I, I kind of understand what they're doing. But anyway, in this response of Nike's campaign supporting Colin Kaepernick, people are, like, there's pictures of people cutting the Nike swooshes off of their socks. And this one guy, let me get this name right. David Rudin tweets, cut my socks into pieces. This is my last resort. I just thought that was hilarious because of the Papa Road song.
1: I, I know what you're referring
0: you to. <laughs> cut my socks into pieces. This mm-hmm. is my last resort. Sock-cation. I think Nobody. this is the most tubby's ever sang. Yeah, well, I mean, Sans Drew. Nor, Well, that was like off air. Drew and I would sing. We would never sing on air because he'd be like, no, Tubby, you're horrible. Don't sing. But he's not here now, so I can do that, apparently. But, yeah, so now there's this big issue and everybody's up in arms all over again, blah, 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 all over again. And here's the thing, right? I applaud Colin Kaepernick for at least trying to move the conversation forward. Right. I'm willing to bet any amount of money, right, that if you were to see these players who knelt during the national anthem on the street in their plain clothes, you wouldn't be able to recognize them even if they slapped you across the face. So for them to make their I mean, yeah, they're protesting on company time and it's not really what they're supposed to do. But I, I don't think they would have gathered the attention that they were looking for to bring attention to the subject uh, like, they, like they could anywhere else. I mean, they said, well, why don't you do something on your own time? The majority of these athletes are. They're involved in the local communities. They're involved in uh, they've reached out and tried to mend fences uh, between local police departments and communities as a whole. I mean, did you gather an opinion on that at all, Maddie, or not really?
1: You know, it's hard for me to gather opinions on things like that because I'm a journalism major, you know, and we're taught to be unbiased about Mm -hmm. things. Um, So I try to look at it from both sides, you know, and stay unopinionated. But if I were to have an opinion, wink, wink, Mm -hmm. I would probably keep it to myself just for the matter of I am not a person of conflict <laughs> I don't like okay conflict at all. that's fine so
0: that's fine I just think it's funny though that people are like here's the thing you've already given Nike your money because you already bought the product
1: oh yeah it is it's expensive too it's right like
0: I mean it, the stuff's ain't cheap and then now you're gonna go cut it all up like it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face like come on now you already gave them their money It's, it's, it's silly. I don't know. There's lots of, there's lots of, I don't know. I could find more productive things to do with my time. I mean, if you're really offended by it, here's a thought. If you're really offended by it and you think that, uh, you know, that Colin Kaepernick and, and the kneeling and all that thing was so disrespectful to veterans. I tell you what, right down the road, up in Erie off of 12th. Okay. Is the Erie VA hospital. Go volunteer there just volunteer they they take them they're willing to take any and all volunteers i will guarantee you that you really want to help a vet go volunteer get involved go do something about it but cutting your socks it's not doing nothing you're not helping nobody you want you want you want you want change you want to bring a, you want to be a difference go out and make that difference be the change that you want to see in other people don't sit here and talk about it or take a little cute video of you cutting up stuff on on Twitter and think that you're making a statement. No, you're making yourself look like a fool. You want to do something? Be active. Go out. Volunteer. Get involved. Speaking of which, since November's right around the corner, I know it's three months away, but since November's right around the corner, register to vote. Make your voice heard. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, if you're liberal, if you're conservative, if you're far left, far right, I don't care. Make your voice heard. Register to vote. Study up on the issues. And vote in your local elections. Your local elections. that what has That's what has the most impact to you is what's going on in your community. I know a lot of you here on campus are uh, not really from here. But get registered. If you have to, send in your absentee ballot or register here. You're going to be a resident here. Some of you freshmen for the next three to four years. Might as well get involved because a lot of the changes here could affect you, especially if you're looking to move out and rent a place. Local issues matter. Your voice matters. Your vote matters. Be active. Get involved. Know that you have a voice. Know that you can use it. Okay, that's the end of Tubby's soapbox. Let's get into something fun. Brown Steelers.
1: Brown Steelers.
0: Brown Steelers. So this is gonna be fun. Le'Veon Bell still has not reported, so he's still without a contract. So it looks like James Conner, McDowell product, Pitt product, local kid, District Ten, should be the starting running back for the Steelers.
1: Who um, not don't want to brag a little bit here, but oh, humble brag, <laughs> you know, humble brag. Um, well, one co-host, Maddie G and former Edinburgh broadcasters G Money Hypes mm-hmm. and Dakota Palmer got a picture with last year at basketball. Yep,
0: yeah, cuz he did stop by the <laughs> campus and hang out. That was yeah. pretty cool. I wasn't here then cuz you know, it wasn't wrestling, so why is Tubby why would Tubby be on campus? <laughs> it was one of the,
1: the last home or the last home game for Edinburgh right before playoffs. And uh Gay Hypes um Formerly of the morning after mm-hmm. and all the hype, um, he goes, "Guys, is that, is that James Connor?" We we're like, "Yeah, I think it is." So he went over and he he said, uh, "Mr. Connor." Uh,
0: <laughs> "Mr. Connor, dude's like the same age." I
1: think he, it was either him or Dakota, and they went, uh, "Mr. Connor, uh, can can we get a picture?" And so we all gathered up for a picture with James Connor. I'll tweet it out later.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So. <sighs> So that's got to be a little disheartening if you're a Steelers fan. Of course, most Steelers fans are like, yo, just let him walk anyway. Because, you know, if you're trying to hold out and be a prima donna, then you're not about the team. That means you're all about you. Which I get. Fully understand it, Steelers fans. I'm just saying that perhaps Bell doesn't want to have to face off against Miles Garrett. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't want to face that defensive front that the Browns are going to bring. Because we about to bring the pain. Bring the thunder and the lightning. All of it. Come get some. It's pretty exciting.
1: I bet. I'm I'm glad that you're happy your team. I know you <laughs> don't care. Um, not my team, but I'll let you have your, your team My moment in the sun,
0: if you will. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't care. But anyway, the final episode of Hard Knocks is tonight featuring my Browns. And they'll go through the entire cut down to 53 as they went from like what, 90-some-odd people they had on the roster to 53-man roster. So you'll see that um, there'll be some tearful moments, I'm sure, because some fan favorites got cut. They did not make the 53-man roster. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just saying the information is out there. So that'll about do it. I'll have have pictures. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll have pictures throughout the day, that Sunday, of Brown Steelers at the – First Energy Stadium, so because I think I've only mentioned it like 90 times that I'm going to that game because I'm so excited. So there'll be excitement from that. Also tomorrow, being Wednesday, I know we're off, but make sure you tune in to Let's Talk Sports with Luke. He'll be on in the 10 o'clock hour from 10 to 11. Uh, tune into his show, support him. But that night, um, Beans plays, so expect some some footage of PeeWee football. Then on Thursday, Pudge plays. They'll be taking on Eisenhower as the Tyson Middle School travels to Eisenhower to take them on. And then Friday night, I'll be on the sidelines for Tyson Rockets at home. And then Saturday, Bloomsburg, Borough in Bloomsburg should be a good, tough test for our Edinburgh Fighting Scots. That'll be fun to take a look at. And then Sunday, Brown Steelers. Getting it started. (laughs) Getting it started. Thursday on the show, we'll have our Pick'Em. You can sign up for our Pick'Em League. It's out on all of our social media. Check the links. You can join our Pick'Em League and pick against us. I'm just saying that the trophy has resigned at my house for the past two years. First year, my wife won it. Second year, I won it. So if you want to beat me or the wife, now's your season to try it. So we'll go over all of those picks, and we'll announce the guests coming up. Uh, On Thursday, we'll announce those by social media. Also, check our social media for the link to the podcast, which will be up immediately following this show, as soon as I can get it edited and uploaded. You can check all of that out right through edinburghnow.com, your source for campus media. You can check out all the stories for The Spectator. As a matter of fact, the stories will be out tomorrow night at midnight. So you can get the early edition of The Spectator right there, on edinburghnow.com also check out all the content generated by etv all their videos and coverage um, including the volleyball games from the past weekend i believe are up you can check those with miss maddie g on the call uh don't forget also soccer in action tomorrow night i think i want to get that right if not uh yeah
1: tomorrow night at six sorry yeah it's tomorrow night at six <laughs> i had to think there for a second Got to get the brain working today.
0: It's just, I know it's Tuesday, but with the long weekend, it feels like a Monday. Yep. So I don't blame tomorrow. you. Uh, ladies Volleyball is away. That's right, because tonight or tomorrow night, soccer is versus Gannon right here at Sox Harrison. Tip-off for that one is at 6 p.m. right across the street at Sox Harrison. Don't miss any of that action. Admission is free with your student ID. Then the Ladies Volleyball will be in action over the weekend, Friday in New Hampshire. They'll get started at 4 o'clock. Followed by a noon game on Saturday. Football is in action. As well as cross country will be in action this weekend with their big invitational. So we'll have all of that for you uh, this coming weekend. Make sure you keep it locked right here to 88.9 WFSE. Fighting Scots Radio for all of your local news and sports. We'll keep you up to date as well as all the specialty shows in the evening that make college radio so much fun. So until Thursday, Burrow, have yourselves a great day.
2: Programming on WFSE is underwritten in part by Flip Breakfast and Lunch Cafe. Open daily at 103 Meadville Street in downtown Edinburgh. FLIP provides unique breakfast and lunch choices and catering options. Information is on Facebook or at 814-734-3400. Party at our place, 88.9 FM. We'll just bring the beat. This is WFSE Fighting Scots Radio.